Well, good morning to you. How's everybody doing this morning? Oh, come on, people. How's everybody doing this morning? Man, I am excited to be here with you this morning. I always enjoy coming on a Sunday, but when I know it's time, I get focused and I love standing in the back and as people are coming in and the room is filling, my heart begins to be filled with love for God and for you and excited about opening God's word for you. And so today we're going to continue and end in this series I've started the year with called First Place. Today we're going to reflect a little bit as we move through the message on the last few weeks. So at the beginning of the year, I talked to you about Jesus as first place in our hearts. We ought to start the year like that, saying we want to make Jesus first place in our hearts and that will change the way we think, that'll help the way we live. That'll give us the kind of life that we were created to experience this year, 2015. Then we talked about money and, or I'm sorry, time. And we we talked about making Jesus a priority or the priority in our time. Then we talked last week about radical generosity. And I told you, you were created to live a radically generous life. And some of you even came back after a money talk. Well done. I'm congratulating you for that uh, effort. And I promise you, if, if we will think about these things as first place in our life, we will get to experience a kind of year that we've never experienced before as individuals, as a community of faith. This church will be a beacon of light in this neighborhood. It will make a difference. It will count. Well, today we end this series, and I want to talk to you a little bit about your health. Now, of all the things that have been brought up over the course of the last few weeks, this is by far the most personal because I'm about to talk to you about how you take care of yourself, how you steward what God has given you as your most valuable resource, your body. Everybody say, my body? Come on, people, wake up. Everybody say, my body? (laughs) It's getting creepy up in here. Just say it. Come on. So, We want to talk about our health. And what I want you to understand is that we cannot separate out how we take care of ourselves physically from spiritually what God wants to do. We can't. And at some point in our history, in our way of thinking, people who are of the faith begin to think about their spiritual lives and Christianity as something that could be separated from how they take care of their bodies. That is one reason that most of you who are like me and have spent a lot of time in the church have heard very few, if any, sermons on taking care of your body. Think about it. Very few of you, and I've been in the church a long time, I preached a lot of messages, I've listened to a lot of preachers, and rarely do we hear about someone who will give a good case from the scripture about why we ought to take care of our bodies. But I want you to know that this year, you should take care of your body because it does have an impact on how you experience the peace of life with Jesus Christ. When I talk about health, some of you may identify with this quote from Mark Twain. When he says, the only way to keep your health is to eat what you don't want, drink what you don't like, And do what you rather not do. Can I get an amen? Amen. But your body is a valuable resource. 
far more than any other resource you have. Now, I won't bore you with statistics on how dangerously unhealthy Americans have become, but it's a huge problem. And what's normal in our culture in terms of health is not a normal way to experience the peace of life with Jesus Christ. Now, I want to be clear. This isn't about being skinny. It's not about being muscular. It's not about looking a certain way. It's not about any of that. So if you're, if you're short and wide or tall and thin, I mean, this is for everybody. I mean, I'm looking around the room. I don't think there's anybody in here that weighs more than me. Although I do weigh less since we did the Daniel fast 21 days ago. I could tell this morning as I put my pants on, I was like, yeah, Daniel, thank you for that fast. Gave us a good idea. So this isn't about really making an idol out of what we look like or whether or not you can go to Memorial Park and jog around that track with your shirt off feeling good about it. Raise your hand. Confess if you've ever done that. You've ever been that person, that guy. It's not about that. It's about you taking care of your body because you've got to live in it. You have got to live in this body that God has given you. And the way you take care of it matters for how you experience your faith and how you experience the call of God in your life in this world. Now, the Bible doesn't say a lot. There's no one book dedicated to taking care of your body. But there is a lot in the Bible that talks about things like self-control. Proverbs chapter 25, 28. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. What is a city with broken down walls? It's weak. It has no defense. It's vulnerable. The Bible also talks about the brevity of our lives. Job chapter 8 verse 9, Job is saying, Our days on, on earth are as a shadow. And to say that it's not important how you take care of your body or how you think about uh, prioritizing that in your year would not only be foolish, it would be unbiblical. I want you to think today about your body. Let me ask you this question. What could motivate you to take better care of your body? Now, there's really three groups in here. There's the people who have not thought about it and need to start thinking about it. There's the people that are thinking about it, and this will just encourage you right along, continue to take care of your body. And then there are those of you that think about it way too much. You're consumed with it. It's an idol to you. But for all of you, what could motivate you to take better care of your body, knowing that the way that you take care of your body affects the way you experience God? That is the truth. What could motivate you? Well, let's talk a little bit about the most common kinds of motivation in our culture for taking care of yourself. It's a, it's a means to an end. In order to be successful, in order to be liked, in order to find the right spouse, somebody that would be attracted to that you are actually attracted to yourself, in order to look better in a swimsuit or in a dress or in those black yoga pants. Maybe for you, that is the motivator to taking care of your body. Well, and that might be enough temporarily. But what if we became motivated to take care of our bodies by a greater sense of purpose or meaning? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you have a Bible? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 is where we're going to be. 
So Paul's writing to the Corinthians, and he gets into this part where he's actually talking about sexual immorality. He's giving them some boundaries for sexual immorality, and he's telling them that the way you behave sexually will be good for your body or bad for your body. And he says something here, and this sermon is not about sex or sexual purity, although it certainly affects our bodies the way we behave sexually. This passage in chapter 6, verse 19, tells us something that's true about our bodies. It says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Do you know who the Holy Spirit is? Don't be insulted by this, but some of you are new to the faith. So God is one being in three persons. You are one being, one person. God is one being in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working today in people to sanctify them, to make them holy, to, to, to knock away the, the, uh, the rough edges, to, to light up the dark places so that you can experience the peace of life with Jesus Christ and so that God will use you to spread the good news about who Jesus is. This is the work of the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit also comforts in times of grieving, encourages in times of discouragement, and many other things. It's God's presence in our life. So Paul's telling the Corinthians here, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. He's talking here to those that are in Christ. Those that have gotten to a place in their life where they recognize, hey, on my own, I cannot do a thing to make this distance between me and, my, me and God uh, connect. My sin separates me from God. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, maybe you've heard the good news of the Bible, which is that God became flesh in the form of a man we call Jesus. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died on the cross. Three days later, was raised from the dead. And in that event, there's a mysterious exchange where through faith, our sin goes to him. The thing that separates us from God goes to him. His righteousness comes to us through faith. So the people that hear that and believe it, believing that this is the greatest demonstration of God's love known to the world, certainly affecting humanity. Those people are in Christ and according to Ephesians chapter one, verse 14, are given the Holy Spirit as a seal of their inheritance. So once you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit and God begins working in you. And it's kind of funny because it's mysterious, right? To say, well, there's a part of God in you. Well, there is. You become uh, more of a person who reflects the image of Jesus Christ. You become more gentle, more self-controlled, many other things. So Paul's saying to this group of people, do you know that you're not your own anymore? You no longer belong to yourself. Verse 20, for you were bought with the price. What was that price? The price was the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You now belong to God. So glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your body. This is one reason it's so important for us to take care of our bodies. What we eat, how we exercise, what we drink, how much we drink, who you have sex with, how you have sex. You have been given a body by God and in Christ it belongs to God. 
And he knows how you ought to take care of it for your good and for your joy and for your pleasure. The innermost part of you has the part of God in it called the Holy Spirit. So what if we viewed our bodies through God's eyes? And that we discovered that the way that we take care of ourselves um, says something about who we believe God is in us. We ought to take care of ourselves because God made us and purchased us. Our bodies belong to God. Bodies are important to God. There's a theologian who is at the Harvard Divinity School. Her name is Stephanie Paul Sell. She's written an entire book that's really breathtaking on honoring the body, honoring your physical body. And she says these two sentences, which are so important. He says, she says, caring for the needs of our bodies, we choose life over and over again. Attention to our bodies through the simple acts might also remind us the mystery that our bodies somehow reflect the divine image. Isn't that incredible? The way you take care of your body says something about who you believe God to be inside of you. Now, one other thing about this passage in Corinthians that's important for you to know is that whenever Paul says, do you not not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? He's actually talking in plural. So the word your as a pronoun is a little tricky, but if you read it in the Greek, it's plural. And so what he's saying is that not just you as an individual, but you as a group of people. So check this out. This is the way the church works. Once you're a part of a church, a community of faith, you're a part of a a larger body. Your individual body is a part of a lot of bodies that make up one body. And who's the head? Jesus. So the way that you take care of yourself physically counts not only for your life, but it counts for the life of the church. This is why I bring a sermon like this. Because the way we tend to ourselves physically, the way we care for ourselves, not only says something about what we believe to be true about who God is and why we've been created, but it says something to the larger community of faith. So, with that in mind, hopefully you're compelled at some level to think about taking care of your body, motivated by something other than just, hey, I want to look good. You want to be motivated by the fact that, hey, God has given you a body and God's spirit dwells inside you, those of you that are in Christ. And so we ought to take care of it. We ought to tend to it. Let me just give you a few things. I am not a nutritionist, not a dietitian, but I have over the years eaten, gained weight, lost weight, coached people in these areas, struggled and I've been very open about that. That's an area I struggle is being self-controlled in what I eat. I love the experience of food. Can I get an amen? amen. See, I knew y'all are awake. I knew there was something to get, y'all. So I'm with you. All right? Here are some really practical things to help you when you think about taking care of your health. Not just so you can look good, but because God's spirit dwells in you. First of all, Rest. Everybody say rest. We live in a culture that forfeits rest 
to chronically overwork or overplay. But we must give our bodies frequent rest or it will take a toll on us and prevent us from performing at our peak capacity as a human being. You know, Jesus, God in the flesh, rested. He encourages disciples to rest. God has designed us like this and taking time to rest is our way daily and weekly of admitting we are not God. John Piper once said, sleep is like a broken record that comes around every day with the same message. Man is not sovereign or man is not all powerful. You are limited. If you are neglecting yourself and your rest, it may very well be because you think that you are capable or in control of functioning in a place that only God can control or rule. Psalm chapter four, verse eight, the psalmist says this word, these words, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. When we take care of ourselves by getting an appropriate amount of rest, you know what we're saying? We're saying, God, I could work more. I could stay up later working, could get up earlier. I could work seven days a week, but ultimately, God, I'm not in control and you are. So I'm going to be faithful with my work and I'm going to rest and take care of the body that you've given me. I wonder how many of you lack rest. Just a few years ago, as I was wanting a new way to take care of myself physically, I got involved in triathlon and trained for a few years. And in November of um, 13, I completed uh, an Ironman in Florida. If you don't know what triathlon is or an Ironman, it basically begins with a 2.4-mile swim. It's a 112-mile bike ride and then a marathon at the end. So I always like when people say, hey, have you ever run a marathon? And I say, this is very arrogant, forgive me, Lord. I say, yeah, I ran a marathon at, after I biked 112 miles and swam 2.4, but you're cool. <laughs> Feels good to say it. Well, something that I learned during that process that was profoundly interesting to me was that the difference between the, the best athletes and the good athletes isn't always effort, not always nutrition, more often than not, it's being able to manage rest. Knowing when to push yourself, knowing when to rest. Knowing when to exercise, knowing when to not. Knowing when to eat more, knowing when to rest from eating more, consuming more. Rest is an incredibly important part of your day. And as you get older and get more busy, one thing that you might even have to do is put it on your calendar. I'm gonna go to bed at this time and I'm gonna wake up at this time every day. And this sounds silly, but I have it on mine. You can look at my calendar right now. It's on go to bed at 10, wake up at six. I got to get eight hours. I'm getting old. <laughs> so rest. It's one reason that God gives this teaching about Sabbath. You know, the Sabbath day each week is a day where we're supposed to rest in worship. And what we're doing when we Sabbath, when we practice this, we're saying to God, God, work can take care of itself. I give to you this time because ultimately you're in control. We rest and we worship on the Sabbath. So that's rest.
consumption. Let's talk a little bit about consumption in eating. Now, tonight, we as a church are going to gather for our annual vision dinner, and we are going to consume. So I would ask that we would all apply this sermon starting tomorrow. But let's talk here about consumption. First of all, when we think about eating, what we ought to do is, first of all, think about repentance. One reason that you and I overeat is because the experience of food replaces in our hearts something that should be filled by our enjoyment and love for Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? We ought to begin the conversation about eating with a spirit of repentance. Because oftentimes when we sit down to the table, that experience of food fills us, it's temporary, in a place in our souls that was meant to be filled by Jesus Christ. So the question for you is, Jesus enough? So we begin with repentance, and this is a good lifestyle to have a heart of repentance regularly, frequently saying, God, I find that I'm short here in this area, and this is why I need Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness. But when you do eat, there's a few things. Again, I'm not a nutritionist or dietitian. Let me just give you a few things that will help you. And this will be very elementary for some of you, most of you, because most of you are very into your health. So don't drink your calories. Drink a lot of water. So you say, or I've heard that we ought to take your weight, divide it in half. That's how many ounces of water you ought to have a day. Your body is mostly water. Drink more water. It will help your health. Start some new habits in eating. 21 days. It, they say it takes to make a habit. So for 21 days, commit yourself to some, some healthy eating. Uh, if you're going to eat carbs, eat them early in the day and eat good carbs. It's good to have smaller meals, mid-morning snacks, mid-afternoon snacks, and for all your meals to be balanced. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I do eat balanced. I go to Whataburger and there's meat and bread and French fries and a Coke, and that's balanced. That's not the right kind of balanced. So we ought to be thinking about eating balanced meals. And I know it's hard. I get it. And it's more expensive. In these 21 days that our family has been doing the Daniel fast, my two older children chose to do it also, we have spent more money on food because we've been eating more healthy. Fruits, vegetables, and whole grains only for the last 21 days. But it's been really, really good, not only for ourselves physically, but for our hearts spiritually. We've been refreshed. So we've been eating more balanced. So when you think about consumption, you must be self-controlled in these areas, and oftentimes that begins with repentance. There's a proverb that I want to share with you. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19. He says, hear my son and be wise and direct your heart in the way. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat. Listen, these, these are people that drink excessively or eat excessively. Look at verse 21, what will happen to these people for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. So eating too much and drinking too much, you'll be poor and you'll be tired and eventually that'll lead you to a place where you'll be wearing rags. We have to take care of ourselves physically. Well, how about exercise? This is just real practical. Many of you exercise, some of you do not. This is a just baseline for those that need a little encouragement in the area of exercise. Um, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, uh, these words. He says, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, this passage, Paul's writing to um, Timothy as he's encouraging the church in Ephesus 
it's not about physical training. It's, it's about um, there's some issues in the church with some false teaching that had come in, and he's encouraging them in the area of training themselves like they would for a sport, training themselves spiritually. But it is an interesting point here because in the wording, bodily training is of some value. It means that it's important. And godliness has a value in every way. So here's what Paul's saying. He's saying godly training and physical training, bodily training are important in this life. Now in the next life, your physical training won't matter because you're all gonna die. But in this life, bodily training is of value. So what we all ought to be doing is thinking about exercising. Find something that you enjoy doing. Uh, A few times a week, 45 minutes, get your heart rate up, and that's a good start. I've heard more often than not when I talk to people about them deciding to take care of themselves physically, that they get interested by signing up for a race, some kind of race, a 5K or some kind of fun run. I mean, there's all kinds of fun runs out there. I mean, you can do a run where people are throwing paint at you the whole time, and at the end, everybody's drinking beer. I mean, if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. <laughs> so sign up for a race, and, um, and I think this will help you get motivated about exercise. Now, for those of you that are here and have children or plan to have children, I want you to know this, and I live this firsthand with four kids. The way that I take care of myself physically not only matters for me, not only matters for my church, but it matters for my kids. The way that I show up physically or, or show up on a meal or show up and exercise is the way that they're being discipled to show up no matter what I say. If I tell them, you need to eat better, but I'm eating terribly, it doesn't matter what I say. Talk is cheap. They're going to be trained by that. Exercise is the same way. If they never see me exercising, but I'm always griping at them about playing video games and sitting on the couch, something is wrong there. Schedule your workouts. The way I think about it, and I do a talk like this where I do to, I do it to, I've done it to hundreds and hundreds of pastors over the course of the last few years, I say schedule a workout like it's the most important meeting you've had all week because you are a valuable resource to your organization, to your family, to your church. Schedule a workout and stick with it. You say, I'm too busy. You are never too busy for the things that are important to you. And then um, make friends with people who care about their health. Talk about it. I like to be around people who care about themselves physically. I like to talk to people that are interested in things like triathlon because it encourages me in my own pursuit of some goals in that area. And your family, talk about it. And it's very personal. I get it. And it's kind of tiring to talk about it. I get it. But again, your body is important. When you do, when you take care of yourself physically, here's what will happen ultimately. You'll have more energy. You'll have better ideas. You'll think better. I mean, that's serious. I'm not, I don't mean, um, that's a very real thing. Your brain will work better. You'll have better sex. For those of you that are married and are having sex, for those of you that are not and are having sex, you won't have better sex. We're going to have to delete that. My mom listens to these sermons. Um, <laughs> your church will be impacted. And let me tell you something will happen. You will enjoy Christ more fully. You will. I hope that you're compelled to take care of yourself physically. Let me make one last point. 
Although your body is your most valuable resource, you know what's going to happen to all of us? We're all going to die. All of us. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed for man to die once. And after that comes judgment. So taking care of yourself physically is important. But as we gather here in the name of Jesus Christ, what I want to beg you to do on this day is to think about your soul. You see, the places where our bodies demonstrate uh, it's limited remind us or our areas of self-control where we struggle. They remind us that we're not perfect and we need a savior and his name is Jesus. So will you today, as you are thinking about taking care of your body, Begin that thought with thinking about how have you taken care of your soul? Are you right with God? If you were to stand before God today, would you be stand before him as righteous or unrighteous? For those that have repented of their sin and placed their faith in Jesus Christ, this is the good news of the Bible. Those people would be counted as righteous, not because of anything you've done, but because everything that Jesus did by dying on the cross and then being raised from the dead, that gives us new hope. What will you do with that?